0: Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear, hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater, joining you from our off-grid outdoor studio here in Alfred, Maine, as we go to Will O' The Wisp uh, by our Belgium friends audio epics. Domien and Eileen um, have crafted this epic. Domien was the writer. Domien de Groot and Eline Hoskins uh, directed this story about um, the little wizard Newsweek in Elf who uh, enters a very odd and strange world um, opening a door that probably should not have been opened. I'm not going to really bother to recap it too much. If you've uh, not been following along the last few weeks, I'd actually recommend you go back two weeks on the Radio Drama Revival feed and hear parts one through three or else what we're going to hear today parts four and five probably won't make all that much sense um but uh, anyways i hope you will enjoy this story it is um this uh fantasy fairy tale type sh- sh- show which uh you would think you'd hear all kinds of an audio drama since it is such an imaginative medium but you, you don't really hear as much as you might expect so. Um, real pleasure to our friends from Belgium for putting this together. Uh, it was originally a Dutch language drama, has been adapted into English. I think with some pretty good effects um, and of course Peter Reed with the music did a great job as well. So parts 4 and 5 and a quick word before we get into the story uh, we have just a couple more weeks. June 1st is the deadline for the War of the Worlds 75th anniversary show. I'm going to run the Richard Fish promo one more time here in RDR just to get you inspired to submit your entries uh, but note that uh, he says May Day, May 1st, that's gone come and gone. It's actually June 1st that's our deadline coming up a um, little over a week um, have this one from rich fish on october 30th 1938
1: orson wells gave us the best halloween present ever the original radio broadcast of hg wells the war of the worlds in 2013 Convergence Oral Stage Studios, Radio Drama Revival and Isotope Incorporated have teamed up to announce an audio theater contest in celebration of the 75th anniversary of the scariest radio program ever. Into that! We're looking for original audio dramas that capture the spirit and essence of War of the Worlds. Submissions must be no more than 15 minutes in length and include Arrival by Meteorite, Tripod Locomotion, Massive Destruction, and a Natural Biological Solution. Three winners will receive prizes generously donated by Isotope Incorporated. Third place wins a copy of Ozone 5 Standard. Second place, a copy of Iris Plus 2. And first prize is a full copy of RX2 Standard. Submissions are due on May Day, of course. Winning entries will be announced and played at ConvergenceCon. in. Jo- July. Full contest rules and submission requirements are available at www.waroftheworld75.com.
0: That's waroftheworld75.com. All right. That's Rich Fish. War of the world 75com is the website. Waroftheworld75.com. Submit your show. And now on to Will O' The Wisp, The Conclusion, Parts 4 and 5 today. Hope you enjoy.
2: All right, get off, get off, we're here. Now wait a minute before you enter and listen to the advice of an old, wise eagle. As we were flying past the lake, I couldn't help but notice a certain degree of restlessness.
3: Why? Everything seemed quiet to me.
2: Exactly, Little Wraith. That's my point. If you had seen as much of the world in your life as I have in my many, many years, you would know by now that usually when the lake has thawed after winter, it gets quite crowdy, with little rat ships on the lake, little rat docks on the waterside where they unload fish and little rat merchants selling their little rat trinkets. Currently, however... Everything is suspiciously quiet. What do you think is going on? I'm a woodland eagle girl, not a wizard. I may be able to see from above, but I can't exactly look inside the rat holes, now can I? Why don't you go take a peep for yourself? Only one more piece of advice. Oh,
3: another one?
2: Yes, if you want it. I think the girl should go alone. Why? I prefer the wraith's protection and company. I'm afraid, girl, that his kind isn't exactly appreciated in the rat community.
3: Do you think they'll mistake me for one of those drazzles
2: or something? Drazzles? Wraith. And no, they won't. But they will take you for a dark snatcher. And I can't blame them, to be honest. Anyway, that's all I have to say on the matter. I'll be off. Tata! Wait! What are dark snatchers?
3: She can't hear you, Miriam. She's gone. I suppose you'd better go on without me. I will wait here for your return.
4: Wait. Ray- Is something wrong?
3: I need to think about Redler's words.
4: Don't forget, I trust you.
5: Darn it, like it ain't no crazy enough around here. What with the war and a gully washer or a damn poor boot, and then this looker comes all a banging on the door, too. Not that of mine, mind you. Now, what's your name, Bill?
4: Excuse me?
5: Excuse me. That's some kind of elf's name or something? You sure you ain't pulling my
4: leg or nothing? I, I just don't understand what you're saying.
5: Aw, oh, dang nabbit. You deaf or something?
4: Um, no, I'm not deaf. I just don't quite understand.
5: Ah, uh, I reckon I'm speaking a bit too fast for you, dear. All right, I'm slowing it down, you hear? Now, listen up. I'm asking you one more time. What's your name and your business in this here pause?
4: I'm called Marilia, and I'd like to speak to your captain.
5: You want to talk to the cap? I'm afraid he's occupied from now. He'd go into a hissy fit if I go and bother him now, at times, I'll swamp. Um,
4: I, uh.
6: Do pardon my scurrilously impertinent counterpart, mademoiselle. Allow me to averticate the door for your kind person.
4: I don't mean to intrude, but
6: there is no butterification inherent to your presence amidst our rodentic community of any kind. Pas du tout, mademoiselle. <coughs> Je vous beg, please allow me to acceptificate your manteau.
4: Oh, my my cloak. Um, of course, please take it.
6: Ah voila, voila, enchanté, mademoiselle. Ah mon moi, moi.
4: Right now, I'd like to see your captain, please.
6: Le capitaine. Mm. This is most unusual, but if he permits it, I shall accompany you to his person. However, please, I would like to demand very peacefully of you, keep it not too long. We have no besoin of too many. Bla bla, comme ci, si, comme ça, n'est-ce pas? D'accord.
2: I think
4: so.
6: And all right. Then we understand each of the other. Alors, I bid you to follow me. This way, please. Uh, you do realize that we are in the middle of a crisis most horrifiable?
7: A crisis?
6: Are we? The war that we have? It is the time of
4: war! Who are you at war with? You
6: do not know? Les Dorsel.
4: <clears throat> the dorsals?
6: Very much we. Oui. You are not verificated of this situationality. Say, you are not a spy of the enemy, are you?
4: No, no, I'm not a spy.
6: Ah, then it is good. We cannot allow we fight any spy persons in the radical community.
3: The strange fussy rat took Merilia down the tunnels of the rat's fortress, all the while telling her about the fighting skills and capabilities of the rat army, and fiercely gesticulating and speaking in exaggerating tones. Meanwhile, Merilia noticed some of the other rats all gruffer and more imposing sorts than her companion. Many were preparing their weapons, some even filing their teeth at the sharpening wheel. While most rats were still preparing their equipment, some stood ready, bearing halberds, bearing heavy combat gear, and talking nervously about the coming battle. After a long walk through the complicated tunnels, they at last reached what Merilia's guide called the War Room. Despite its name, it was just a simple sandy hole, lit by a single oil lantern. In the middle of the room stood a rough wooden table, where a large map was placed. Poring over the map was the captain. He was taller than all the other rats, and wore an enormous dark blue tricorner hat, rimmed with gold and adorned with a huge plume. Even more impressive was his moustache that dangled from his snout halfway to the floor.
6: Monsieur capitaine
3: Yes?
6: I herewith presentify to you, Mademoiselle Merilia. She has alleviated from many distances ago and is in great desirability to conversicate with you.
3: I see. Merillia, is it? I'm delighted to meet you. My name is Captain Wink Rarely have I seen a beauty as splendorous as yours, if I may say so. What brings you to this war torn place?
4: <clears throat> well, um the alchemist. The Mo Vaultum.
3: <laughs> Good old Vultum, huh? How is that grumpy, lovable old curmudgeon doing?
4: Well, he looked fine, but.
3: <laughs> but nowhere near as fine as yours truly, I'm sure.
4: Well, he doesn't share your rettish charms, of course. But what I wanted to ask. Oh, no, was... ask
3: me anything, dear. I don't mind.
4: Good. In that case, I would like to ask you. Unless you prefer to interrupt. Why
3: would I do that?
4: Oh, no reason. Now I would. I mean,
3: interrupting is not my style. I'm far too handsome for that.
4: I see. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you if you happen to possess any memory potions.
3: Memory potions? I'm sorry. If you'd visited a bit earlier, I might have been able to help you. However, I fear they've all been used during our efforts to retrieve the ancient flight tunnels dug by the rats of old. All of them? I'm sorry, dear. We rats may be good-looking, dashing, and striking, but we're still a bit forgetful, nevertheless.
4: Then, I'm at a loss. I'm sorry. I suppose I'd better No,
3: but my dear lady, whoever said I wasn't able to help you somehow? You forgot how wonderful I am. I mean, what's your actual problem? The ray...
4: I mean, I... I need to remember something. I can't remember what, and no one can tell me.
3: Hmm. Yes, in that particular situation, memory potions do tend to be quite useful. However... There may still be some alternative routes to take for you. Do you really think so? Of course I do! Have you seen my mustache? Then what do you propose? Propose? I think it's a bit early for that, darling. (laughs) Although I can hardly blame you for being awestruck by my appearance, of course. However, I do have a way for you to retrieve this memory of yours. You see, legend has it that there is a castle on the bottom of the lake, a palace if you will, made from the coral that grows there. I hear it's quite wonderful. There was a time long ago when mermaids lived in that palace. They've long since left this lake, however, and nobody knows where they are now. Mermaids? Truly? Truly, absolutely, my dear. In fact, I can prove it to you. You see, the queen of the mermaids, Lyagora, possessed a mirror. This mirror allows those who gaze into it to... Hold on. To see visions. Visions of the past. And visions of the future. Uh, really?
4: Are you serious?
3: I most emphatically am. And the best part of it all is... <laughs> it's a mirror, so you can still admire yourself in it, too.
4: Huh. I think the wraith will... I mean, that's wonderful. Wraith?
3: Uh, what's this wraith?
4: I misspoke.
3: Hmm.
7: Captain, Captain The dorsals, they're attacking
3: What? Quick, put everyone in position, man all posts We're not prepared There's no choice, if we don't fight, we die So we fight Marilia, please remain here This should be the safest place in the fortress But I can't stay Please, don't venture anywhere near those dorsals They're terrible, terrible With these words, the captain and his guards sped out of the room and made their way to meet the troops and push back the unexpected attackers. Marilia, still left behind in the war room, decided she couldn't stay in this place. She was far too worried about the Wraith, who might be in serious trouble. It was time for action. She left the room and quickly ran through the many narrow corridors of the rat's tunnel system. Eventually, she reached a wider hall, only to find out that intense fighting was already going on there. Pushing back the relentless dorsals and their thorny black weaponry with their own shiny, well-polished blades, the rats fought and they fought with armor. Merilia tried to stay out of the way of the deadly combat, and when she found a lonely corridor, she quickly turned that way, hoping to stay as far away from the monsters and the fighting as possible. Unfortunately, it was in this corridor that she was suddenly surrounded by three large dorsals carrying torches. With menacing grins, they advanced on her as one of them produced a huge net no doubt intending to catch Merillia and abduct her.
2: What do you want with me? I've done you no wrong.
8: Take her. Take her to the great Wraith. Wraith?
3: Catch her. No!
8: Master?
3: Leave her. She is mine.
7: Yes, Master.
3: Go. Leave this place. Retreat and take all of your troops back. But,
7: but the Dark Masters,
8: they ordered us.
3: Uh, am I not a Dark Master, then? Leave now.
8: Yes, my lord.
7: Wraith?
3: Merillia. When I saw those evil creatures sneaking this way, I knew you were unsafe here.
4: They called you. Master?
3: Yes. Apparently, I do look like the wraiths who command them the Dark Snatchers, I'm sure. I thought I might as well make best use of my appearance.
4: A good idea. But what do you think it means?
3: I don't know. I'm starting to doubt if I really want to recall my past. Nothing I've gleaned of it so far sounds very uplifting. I
4: still trust you, Wraith. You're not like one of those dark whatevers out there.
3: Maybe that's only due to the fact that I've forgotten who I really am. Halt! Capture that Wraith!
4: No! Don't hurt him!
3: Merillia! Don't be fooled, my lady. These creatures excel at deception.
4: What are you going to do to him?
3: Well, destroy him, of course. No, please, don't! My dear Marilia, I do not believe you realize the extent of the danger of your current predicament. A very expertly expressionated, Capitan. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
4: No, we must
3: question him. Question him? question him. Hmm. Well, not a bad idea actually. My, my, Murelia. Beautiful and smart to boot. A dangerous combination indeed, as my enemies must be well aware. (laughs) All right. Take him to the interrogation room. Very well. That's where he belongs. Now, Some wine, Marillia? No. Are you sure? It's quite a seductive wine. No,
4: thank you. Shouldn't we be resolving this misunderstanding first?
3: Very well, very well. Misunderstanding, you say? Why is that?
4: Well, the wraith here is my friend. He's harmless, and he has no connection to the dorsals whatsoever. I've been travelling alongside him since I left the elven tree.
3: Mm. Can't say I'm convinced the dark snatchers could seek out their victims anywhere.
4: Why don't you believe me? He's no dark snatcher.
3: Marillia, I've seen those snatchers, albeit from a distance. And trust me, they do look a lot like this thing here.
4: He's not a thing
3: Marillia. Do you even know what the Dark Snatchers are known to do?
4: That's not important.
3: Well, I believe it is. They hunt for little elves, capture them, and suck out their life essence. Those elves then turn into dorsals, mindless monsters that can only destroy forever under the command of the Dark Snatchers. They are the most powerful beings of darkness save one. Only the monster whose body is shadow is even more unspeakable. I'm telling you, those wraiths are cruel, harsh, and infinitely cunning.
4: Well, this wraith is nothing like that. He's kind, tender, and infinitely loyal.
3: Don't you realize he's simply won you over with his charms?
4: His charms, Captain. Do you think he's charming?
3: I only want to help you, Marilia. I want to protect you. That's why I'm here.
4: Then free him. He saved me from the dorsals. He even ordered them to stop their attack.
3: Well, the fact that those creatures obeyed him and called him master is exactly what makes him so suspicious. And the fact that they retreated, well, that was their only option once they realized that I was in command of the troops here.
4: But I... he... Merilia... Wraith, what's happening? Your hand! What's that bright light shining from it?
3: It's something new I've discovered. It seems to be a gift of some sort, but it hurts. It's beautiful.
4: Captain, would a being of pure darkness ever be able to produce such beauty?
3: (sighs) I'm not sure, Marillion. No matter how wonderful I am, even I don't know. Perhaps it is time for the questions to be directed at our suspect. Wraith? Tell me about yourself. Forgive me, Captain. But I'm afraid you're asking the impossible of me. I have forgotten who I am. I'm in search of the truth. And that is why I'm traveling with Merillia. Aha! So that's why you needed that memory potion, isn't it, Merillia? It's true, Captain. (laughs) My brilliant deductive reasoning has never failed me. But why would a sweet, pretty elven girl like Merillia travel with the likes of you, Wraith? I might be able to help her, too. Help? You? Doing what, exactly? Marillia?
4: I'm looking for someone. The Wraith may have seen the person I seek at some point in his grim past. It's a small hope, but all I have to cling on right now. And even though we've had to endure hardships and seen evil, and even though I miss my home, I haven't regretted my decision to take this journey with him for a moment. Not a single moment.
3: It almost sounds like you really care about each other. We do. I can take no measure of you, Wraith. I have no idea who you really are. However... I can show you.
4: Show him? How?
3: Merillium... I've told you before of the mirror that once belonged to Queen Lyagora. Well, being the brave adventurers we rats are, we've actually dived deep into the lake and found the Coral Palace, including the mirror. That's wonderful! However, whoever looks into the mirror and that person alone will see flashes of his past and his future. And what it is they will see is almost impossible to predict. Some only see a trivial memory and others are suddenly overwhelmed by their whole lives condensed into a single moment. So, if we let the Wraith look into this mirror, he himself may find out more about his past, but we won't.
4: I trust he will tell us the truth afterwards?
3: I need to hear it from him, Marillion. Well, I cannot promise you I will tell you all that I will see, but but what I tell you will be true.
4: That is his right.
3: It is everyone's right, except for those who serve the darkness. I swear to you I will not lie, and I will not deceive you in any way. Hmm. I don't know if you're being truthful right now, but if Marilia trusts you, then I have no other choice than to follow her example. Tomorrow we will bring you to the mirror, and then we will find out more. I hope. Thank you,
4: Captain. Thank you. You have truly made the right decision.
3: (laughs) Well, that does seem to be a tendency of mine. But in any case, tonight the Wraith remains locked in this cell. And if you still trust him after tomorrow, Merillian, then I'll set him free. But I want him to leave right away.
4: And I will sleep in this interrogation room tonight and leave with him tomorrow.
3: As night fell, the rats returned to their lairs. Captain Winkai paused before leaving the interrogation room and asked of Merilia one last time if she really didn't want somewhere more comfortable to sleep than a chair next to the Wraith cell. But Merilia refused. So the Captain nodded and extinguished all torches save one so a tiny bit of light still remained in the room. Then he wished her a pleasant night's rest and left. Silence fell. A deep, thoughtful silence. Until, unexpectedly, the Wraith spoke. Merillia?
4: Wraith, you're awake.
3: I told you. I don't sleep. I only rest.
4: Right. Are you all right? I'm so sorry you have to sit there in that depressing cell.
3: I don't mind, Mirelia. I'm happy I'm allowed to live at all. I have you to thank for that.
4: I only did what I had to.
3: No, Mirelia. You did much more than that. No one would have stuck out their neck for me like that. There's no reason to trust me by the looks of me. In fact, I've been wondering, why is it that you do trust me? My past is unknown to me, but everything points to it that I'm... I'm... Shh.
4: No, Wraith. Not those thoughts. Not those.
3: What choice do I have? All that I see of myself is ugly and evil.
4: What's ugly about accompanying a lonely elven girl on a dangerous journey? Where is the evil in protecting her and saving her from dorsals?
3: I'm a creature of the dark, Mirelia. Can you not see? Guardian angels don't come in black hooded cloaks and... and they don't look like... (sighs) like demons.
4: Look, Wraith, look at your hand You're emitting light It hurts To bring light into the world often does This Wraith is who you are This, not your appearance
3: Mirilia, how, how can you know that? No, don't take my hand
4: The light doesn't hurt me It keeps me warm And it's cold in this cave
3: Are you afraid?
4: The mirror will show you that my trust in you is well placed, Wraith.
3: No, Marilia, I mean... Are you afraid to look into the mirror yourself? Yes, I am. Don't be.
4: I'm afraid that I will see Nozwi... because I don't know if... if he will ever see me again.
3: I have faith in it.
4: How
8: can you?
3: I don't know, but something deep, something deeper than a feeling is telling me that you will meet him again. Merillia? Merillia? Hmm? I'm sorry to wake you, Merillia, but I'm...
4: Where, where's the wreath? His cell is empty.
3: It's time. We've brought him to the treasury. That's where we keep the mirror. I have to be there. Come on, follow me. The treasury was a grotto, filled to the nook with chests, piles of gold, rare crowns, giant gems and many other costly items. The dry, sandy walls were painted in warm colours by the torches, whose light reflected on the thousands of gold pieces and shiny trinkets. Somewhere in the back, looking hardly remarkable between a pile of coins, necklaces and gems, stood a tall mirror, covered with a red cloth. In front of that mirror stood the wraith in perfect stillness, like a statue. Flanking him were two rat guards, eyeing the strange being with stern caution as Merilia and the captain entered the room. He won't look into the mirror without you here. Of course not. Do you wish to look first, Mirilia?
4: I'm not sure.
3: It's your decision.
4: I'm a little bit scared.
3: But isn't this why you set out in the first place?
4: It is. But now that I'm here, I'm not sure if this is the way for me.
3: Listen to what your heart tells you.
4: Then no. No, I don't want to look. I want you to look, Wraith. And together we will go out and keep on seeking. Seeking someone who may have seen Nuzwick, or or to seek out Nuzwick himself, I don't know. No, I won't
8: look.
3: Very well. But I fear that I have to. Indeed you do, Wraith. Even though I understand that, in contrast to myself, looking into a mirror is not exactly the most pleasant of activities for you. I'm ready. Very well. Remove the cloth!
8: You have passed the borders, entered the gates, the innocent lose themselves.
7: What's happening to me?
8: You will return, Norswick.
3: A wraith you shall be, a horrid sight to behold.
7: Can I change back? How?
3: You must grow.
8: Wisdom. Pure love.
3: Pure trust can set you free.
7: I've changed.
1: Horrid to behold. Beware.
8: Your future will be revealed to you. Now...
2: Wraith? Wraith?
4: Wraith, did you find out what you had to?
3: Yes. Yes, I did. And more than that, could I have a moment to myself, please? Captain? Hmm. Very well. Close the doors, friends. We will leave you here until you knock, Wraith. Oh, spirit. Will of the woods. I remember again. All of it. Why does this have to happen? Why this whole journey for Meryllia? don't understand. I am Nuzwick, and I am cursed. I was just a silly boy, too curious for his own good, nothing more. Why did this need to change me into a monster, hated and feared by all? Why does this need to be the way for Merilia to find her Nuzwick? purpose has it served? Answer me, great will of life. Why would I listen to that mirror? Why would I go to that place? I don't have to. I'm free. You do not choose my future for me. But... But, Merilia, It's for her that this needs to happen. It needs to happen. We have to go to the Black Rhododendrons. I have to do this for her. Even if I don't understand why. If only Saffredon were here. and the wraith kept talking to himself and calling out to the will of the woods, hoping to muster the courage he needed, until at last the captain knocked on the door. You can come in now. Well... Merillia... Captain... I can honestly say to you that I am not a dark snatcher. Of
4: course you're not.
3: I have no evil intentions, and I never did. Mm-hmm. But there is something else. Huh? I have to be Mirilia's guide on her journey, and I know now where to go. Marillia, let me send some of my men with you. No. I have to be her guide. I alone. (laughs) Well, excuse me, Mr. Wraith. But you are not exactly in any position to counter my demands. If your men do follow us, they will all die, Captain. Where we are bound, none can follow. Wraith? Forgive me, Marillia. I wish things were different, but I know something now, something I can't tell you yet, but I'm only asking you for the trust you have already given me for just a bit longer. And what of my trust, Wraith? Do you really expect me to send her off with you to some dangerous area, or maybe some kind- The Black Rhododendrons, Captain. What? That's insane! No one goes there! That's where the... where where the... Where the monster whose body is darkness lives. Yes, and absolutely no one, not even an unspeakably handsome captain of the rats, could hope to survive an encounter with that. We have to go there. For reasons I cannot tell you. Dear Wraith, this is all so suspicious it's laughable! I'm to send you, a ghostly creature of unknown origin, Off with this innocent and enchantingly beautiful girl to the most horrific place known to Ratkind? I know my appearance is not to your liking, Captain. You don't need to remind me of that. Nor of Merilia's beauty. I'm aware of that as well. And yes, I expect you to let us go to that terrible place and you will let us go because none of this is your concern.
4: But Wraith, I'm frightened.
3: So am I, Marilia. So am I. But this is for you, truly. Marilia, you—you you can't just keep trusting <laughs> this. This. this.
4: actually, Captain. Yes, I can. If the Black entrance is where we have to go, well then, that's where we'll go. But I do want to know why.
3: I've seen the future. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Did you see? The black rhododendrons. That's where you will see Nuzwick again.
4: Really? Are you absolutely sure? What was he doing there? What did he look like when you saw him? Was he all right?
3: I can't tell you, Mirelia. I'm not sure. He wasn't moving and, and I only saw him for an instant, but I knew it was Nuzwick. And I knew where he was. Give me one reason why I would let you go and take her there.
4: Captain, do you see yourself as a true gentleman who treats ladies with honour and respect?
3: Well, of course, absolutely. No problem, no question at all.
4: Then you should let us go. I want to go. Keeping us here would be nothing more than treating me like a prisoner, which wouldn't be very gentlemanly.
3: But it's for your own well being, Marillion.
4: No, Captain. Let us go. Thank you for everything, but now is the time to go.
3: You've heard her, Captain. Let us go. Harm her, and I swear to you, this will be your end, Wraith. Despite the captain's threatening words, Merilia's perseverance finally did manage to convince him, and he allowed the strange duo to continue their journey. A short while later, Merilia and the Wraith were brought to the shores of Coral Lake. There was tethered a simple wooden raft, punted by an old rat in a long woolen cloak. It was a grey afternoon, And a mysterious fog veiled the trees on the far shore of the lake where our friends were headed grudgingly the captain said goodbye to merilia and watched solemnly as the beautiful elf maiden stood there guarded by the dark figure of the wraith slowly floating away from him into the bleak mist finally disappearing like an old memory. On the other side of the lake it looked like a different forest altogether. The trees seemed less inviting, like they had secrets to hide from the light of day. They huddled together in contorted shapes, heaving and creaking even when there was very little wind. As foreboding as it looked, this was where the wraith was taking Merilia. Once they had said farewell to the old ferryman, they continued on down the wood. After a while, they reached a place where the woods became less dense. Here, the trees formed a stately corridor of pillars, supporting a high dome of foliage that only allowed very thin, ghostly rays of light to touch the ground. The ground itself became flat and dark. Here and there, black bushes appeared. The further on they went, the taller the bushes became, and the darker and more ominous the giant trees around them seemed to be. The sounds of ordinary birds were suddenly lost and replaced by the calls of unknown creatures that might not even have been birds at all. And then evening fell and the darkness truly closed in. This is where the black rhododendrons grow.
4: Those gleaming black bushes look like they don't belong in this world. This whole place feels wrong. Even the ground seems to consist of some horrible black... something.
3: You smell that? Those are not the smells of trees or animals. It's pungent yet dull.
4: It's like we're in another world.
3: Marilia, if you want, you can wrap my cloak around you. You'll be warm and safe then. Thank you. Do you know what the monster whose body is darkness actually is?
4: I suppose so. Uh, Saffrodon told me about it once. He told me it could appear wherever darkness ruled.
3: I know now what it is. I've seen it. And it's not just a monster. It's more than that.
4: Should should we be talking about this now?
3: I think we should, Merilia. You should know. This monster... It is the force behind the Dark Snatchers. Behind the Dorsals. Behind all of it. It is a being from another world and it doesn't just live in the darkness it doesn't just feed on the darkness it is the darkness not the darkness of night and shadow but the darkness within all of our dark feelings fear anger envy they feed it and whenever we give in to those feelings it grows stronger when the monster grows strong, it gives life, if that word is even appropriate, to evil wraiths known as the Dark Snatchers. The ones who turn elves into dorsals for no other reason than to make the world a darker place.
4: Wraith, you're not exactly comforting me right now.
3: I'm no such wraith, Merilia. I just look like one.
4: I know, but
3: pure love pure trust what? that's what you have given me now I understand why I need to be a despicable Wraith I need to be pure love pure trust
4: Wraith, what are you talking about? I don't understand
3: it's close now we have to move on.
8: It's
4: so quiet here. Night is falling. Looking up, all I see is a dark sky far, far above us. And behind us, it's like there's only blackness.
3: Merilia. look there.
4: Such an enormous tree. Crooked and twisted and null. Its roots form a hill.
3: Look on the hill.
4: How peculiar. It seems to be some sort of... altar. Or a bed of stone, rather.
3: There is something special about that place. Trust me.
4: Wait. You're squeezing my hand. Are you frightened too? Please don't be.
3: It is time, Merillia. Though it may not seem so. This is what needed to happen.
4: What needed to happen? What are you talking about?
3: You will see very soon, Merillia. Remember the altar.
4: The altar? What about the altar?
3: You will know when it is time. There it is, there in the darkness of the woods, two huge red glowing eyes. It is only a shadow, Meryllia. The most beautiful elf
8: in my woods. You have done well leading her here. Wraith. You have served me well.
3: I never served you! World's darkness. This is not your kingdom. The kingdom of darkness is everywhere. Beneath every stone and in the
8: heart of every creature, there is shadow and malice. Let her go!
4: Than brightest star I've ever seen, but gone too quickly.
3: (gasps) Thunder rumbled high above the trees as Merilia remembered the wraith's words and knew what she had to do. Taking his broken body in her arms, she slowly, carefully ascended the hill. She led him down, tenderly, on the simple bed of stone. Marilia kneeled and looked up. High, high above, the branches of the trees reached out to each other, like people and creatures reach out to each other in this lonely world. beyond those branches the sky was dark. She lowered her head, took the wraith's thin hand in hers and wept. Her tears rolled down on the altar and onto the wraith's cloak and she wept and kept on weeping until at last sleep claimed
4: Oh dear, Wraith. Wraith. He's gone! Wraith?
3: Marelia? Nosewick? Mm. Mm-hmm. Nosewick, like, yes. Just... just another Nuswick now.
4: Nuswick! My dearest Nuswick! My dearest
3: Wraith! Mirilia, I... I, Shh! I know
4: Nuswick. I know who you are. I know who you were. Just hold me now.
3: No, Mirilia. I... I just wanted to say... Nuswick had returned, but now he was no longer the little boy that he used to be, but a handsome young elven man with wisdom and strength in his eyes. Merilia kissed him, and together they returned through the woods, talking, laughing, and basking in each other's company. Nuswick had changed, but so had Merilia she did not realize it but Nuswick saw now very clearly that she was no longer a girl either but a smart young woman and in small things Marilia could still see the wraith that Nuswick had been something of that wraith kept living in Nuswick and the light that he had radiated continued on in the whole of the woods the black rhododendrons had become green and ready to sprout flowers and golden rays of sunlight illuminated the world around them. And so noswick and Marilia returned through the forest without fear. And along the way they encountered Lie again. And even she congratulated Nuzwick on his obvious improvement in the looks department and decided to give both elves another ride back to their tree. And when at last they came home, Nosewick and Marilia were hugged tight by Balm and Tanner, who were happier now than they had ever been in their lives. A great feast was held to celebrate the return of the two lost elves. And everyone in the tree was joyful. Time went by, and Nuswick and Merilia kept feeling the will of the woods flowing through their very being. Together, they were now taught by Saphrodon to understand the many secrets and mysteries of the world so they could follow in his footsteps many years later. And together, they would make many more discoveries and unravel many more secrets. But they both knew in their hearts that there was so much that they would never understand of the will of the woods. And that was quite all right with them. But of all that they had been through together, there was one discovery that outshone all others and would forever remain the greatest and most wonderful mystery. The discovery of pure love and pure trust.
7: The Will of the Woods was written by Domine de Groot Directed by Eline Hoskins Sound recording, editing and post-production by Domine de Groot, music composed and performed by Peter van Riet, Voltum's theme by Vincent Pichal. The Will of the Woods featured the voices of Domine de Groot as the narrator, the Wraith, Captain Wingguy, and the monster. Stephanie Kuit as Marilia. Eline Hoskins as Newsweek Tana, and the Dozels. Niklaas Reinhold as Saffredon. Aaron Bodanovich as Voltum the Mole Alchemist, the Southern Rat, and the French Rat. Grace van Lijsbetten as Redler, And James Bishop as Bo the Lumberjack. The Will of the Woods is an Audioepics production.
0: All right, and that was Will of the Wisp, part four and five from Audioepics, Audioepics.com. And if you haven't heard their other piece, uh, The Witch Hunter Chronicles, highly recommended um, at Audioepics.com. Uh, Domienne, Eileen, keep producing audio drama. Love it. Um, and next week, we'll be featuring another uh, new original production, uh, Comey from the Trees, or something along those lines. It's uh, by some jazz musicians turned rogue radio dramatists, uh, not to be missed, coming up next week. And then a uh, new batch of programming. We're in, already in the month of June. Uh, we'll be gearing up uh, the Here Now Festival by National Audio Theater Festivals is coming up. And then in July, we've got a pretty cool batch of original programming that we'll be doing. We're going out to Minneapolis for the Convergence Con again. I'll be broadcasting from uh, one of the party rooms there and uh, offering an opportunity to record your own radio drama in five minutes. The Mark Time Broadcast Center, Five Minutes of Fame. It's going to be a great time. Um, catch all that at RadioDramaRevival.com slash MarkTime. And uh, if you also find yourself on RadioDramaRevival.com, recall that there are hundreds and hundreds of hours of original audio drama programming there across all sorts of different genres. Go hit the Mega Archive page, dig around, listen to your heart's content. There's a lot of stuff there. Uh, You can follow the latest audio drama news on Twitter at RadioDrama, Facebook, forward slash radiodrama or search Stitcher or iTunes for radiodrama you'll find us as well Uh, leave a review share with your friends do what you can to keep this awesome Free service running, we sure do appreciate it. Um, all right, and that is a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh, copyright of individual shows, remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at That That is Southern Maine's community radio. It is podcast at Radiodramarevival.com is a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.